0: Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo and Anthony one series in the books as the Mets headed out to Kansas city and they get a split of the series. And I think a lot of positives can be taken out of it and, and a few negatives as well. Let's start though with the win and then we'll work our way backwards. And uh, Noah Syndergaard, obviously tremendous on the Hill six innings, just three hits Uh, didn't allow a run. He struck out nine along the way, um, He was every bit as good as you kind of hoped he would be this season in that opener, right?
1: Oh, easily. And that last number you mentioned, nine strikeouts, is what really pops out to me because I know a Syndergaard is going to have a lot of games this season where he strikes out nine guys, but the Royals just don't do that. They don't strike out that much. Uh, They were the toughest team in baseball, strikeout last season you saw in the opener Matt Harvey only had two and that's not really unique to what's going on here they hit power pitching well we saw it in the World Series so for Noah Syndergaard to come in and just be flat out unhittable in places where Matt Harvey was not on the opener and and and, uh you know Matt Harvey's fine but Noah Syndergaard was just on another level and if he can do uh, something approaching that every five days in the rotation well all of a sudden, he's the best pitcher you have, and you still have Matt Harvey and Jacob DeGrom and Steven Matz and go down the line. But what he did the other day was legitimately, you know, best pitcher in baseball type stuff. Now for him going forward, it's a matter of can he do it consistently? Is this just a first start of the season, adrenaline-fueled, um, you know, success? Or is this what he's growing into? Is this what he's going to be? Uh, because it was pretty ridiculous. Game two in Kansas City.
0: How about that first inning as well? Because I know there was some anticipation of Alcides Escobar leading the game off. And, you know, back in the in the World Series, Syndergaard knocked him down. And Escobar comes out and leads off the game with a triple. And I think I'm sure a lot of Mets fans who can sometimes lean to the negative were like, ah, here we go again. And Syndergaard comes back and strikes out the side. I felt like that really set a tone.
1: Yeah, strikes out the side. Every guy on a bla- on a breaking ball throws uh, Eric Hosmer on, I believe it was a 92-mile-an-hour slider, and really just continued with that throughout the game. The slider was a huge pitch for him yesterday, something he didn't really throw a lot until the end of last year. Uh, it's the same pitch that Dan Morrison, the pitching coach here, has taught Matt Harvey, has taught Jacob deGrom with great success. And Noah Syndergaard is now throwing it regularly and throwing it harder than everyone, uh, which is pretty impressive. He hit 93 with it. Yesterday, um, there were some rumors that maybe one pitch was uh, misclassified by game day and was actually a 95-mile-an-hour slider. This guy is inspiring legends right now. And granted, again, it's only one game, and let's see where he is in May. Let's see where he is in June. Uh, But it was really impressive stuff. It wasn't just that leadoff triple, too. There was a leadoff double later in the game, and he did almost the same exact thing, struck out the next two guys. And then when he got in trouble in the uh, sixth inning, loaded the bases, was able to get out of it, uh, again, relying on those off-speed pitches. So really impressive stuff. This guy has developed uh, much more into a pitcher than the thrower he was when he first came up, and it's allowed him legitimately to become one of the better pitchers in the game.
0: 93-mile-per-hour slider is just its not fair. Just not fair. All right, let's go back to the opener, and obviously it's a loss, but it's a game that the Mets battled back in. They got down early, and, and they made it really interesting, almost tying it up in the ninth inning. Uh, Matt Harvey, I think Matt Harvey was good. He goes five and two-thirds innings, but eight hits, uh, four runs, three of them earned. Was this a situation where it's kind of like what you talked about, even if Matt Harvey was really good, this is a Royals team that, that loves to hit and, and pick apart good pitching.
1: Yeah. And Harvey could have, uh, you know, the final line could have been a lot worse. He got into quite a bit of trouble and was able to bear down at times and, and get out of it. But it is, it's kind of what you expect on opening day. You know, these guys aren't totally stretched out yet. Um, you're facing a team. That's just a really good contact hitting team. And, uh, has shown in the playoffs that it can hit guys like Harvey and like Syndergaard. So it's what you expect, you know, sort of a ho-hum, it was fine outing. You know, it it was enough that if they had hit a little bit more, uh, they they potentially could have won the game with an outing like that. Um, But, again, it just puts into relief, it puts into perspective uh, what Syndergaard did. Because, Matt Harvey, you're right, it it was fine. It was fine. and I I fully expect him to be better um, as we get a little more into the summer. Uh, As he, you know, the arm gets stretched out a little more, as everyone gets warmed up a little bit and the temperatures heat up and maybe Matt Harvey adds a tick of velocity or two to his own repertoire. Yeah, it's certainly nothing to be concerned about, to be alarmed about. Um, For a first outing, it was fine. But again, it just sort of puts into perspective what Kindergarten did and what he was able to accomplish. I think uh, two days later really, really stands out just uh, looking at what Matt, Matt Harvey did in game one.
0: And what separates this Mets team from just about any team in baseball is that they've thrown Harvey and Syndergaard. Now they move on to Game 3, and you have Jacob deGrom, Steven Matts, and Bartolo Colon still to come. That's the amazing thing. Um, although you never know when we may see Jacob deGrom because I know his, uh, his wife is pregnant about due or past due at this point, so at any time that could happen. Um, but you'd hope he'd be in game three. Let's move on to your keys to success, though, because it surrounds that staff. We have three keys to success from Anthony DeComo, and number one is that starting rotation staying healthy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, granted, you could say that about any team in baseball for the most part, but because the Mets are so geared around their starting pitching, because this team is going to live and die with how its starters do – uh, they have to be healthy. Uh, if you lose a Jacob DeGrom or a Matt Harvey or a Noah Syndergaard, um, not that you're all of a sudden on the same level as everyone else, but you're certainly a lot closer. Um, and every team is going to have a starting pitcher injury this year. Uh, the Mets were actually quite lucky last year in that they really didn't have anything to disrupt their staff for any great length of time. Now they skipped starts down the stretch. They did all sorts of things to try and keep these guys healthy. And you, know, you hope it pays off for them this year because a lot of guys threw a lot of innings last year, Uh, and it's a concern. I think there's a legitimate concern surrounding Noah Syndergaard's health uh, just because of the innings he threw. I think there's definitely some concern surrounding Jacob deGrom because he's had some little things flare up here and there with his shoulder, his arm. Um, But there's not much more you can do than the Mets have already done in terms of trying to keep these guys healthy. So you're almost at the point now where you sit back and you keep those fingers crossed, and you just hope that these guys are healthy because the Mets will need them. They will need them all summer long, and uh, they need them to be great. They need them to be what essentially you know they've been for the past year for this team, which
0: is uh, the best staff in baseball. The good thing, good news for this team is if somebody does go down at some point, you do have Zach Wheeler coming back as well. So just the, the rich get richer. All right, key to success number two is – Taking advantage of the schedule, I guess, would be the best way to say this. But when you look at that National League East, Anthony, you have the Nationals, you have the Mets, and you have a Marlins team that that a lot of people think could surprise people. But then you have the Phillies and the Braves, and the Mets really need to to pick apart the teams that are going to expect to be at the bottom of the division.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that the Mets did so well last year. Uh, They beat up on the Phillies. They did beat up on the Braves. Um, you know, even the Rockies teams outside of their division that weren't very good, uh, the Mets had an absurd winning percentage against those teams. And it, it's what you have to do to make the playoffs, because there are plenty of good teams in the National League. It's a very top-heavy league, uh, certainly with the Cubs and the Pirates, and I'd even put the Nationals in there, uh, Dodgers, and um, just these teams, Giants coming out of the West, uh, that you can't expect to go in and win two out of three every time you, know, you go into San Francisco, for example, or even – Washington. You just can't expect to keep winning two out of three consistently. But what you can expect to do is win two out of three and sometimes three out of three or three out of four in Philadelphia and in Atlanta. And these teams that are really in rebuilding mode and aren't expecting necessarily to win this year. Um, I think it's critical for the Mets. I I think the fact that the Mets and the Nationals have two of those teams in their own division um, really makes it a, a distinct possibility that the wild card could come out of the NL East. This year, so uh, but for all of that to happen, for it to unfold, and for the Mets to take advantage of that situation, they have to win the games. Uh, it sounds simple, it sounds easy, uh, but it's baseball. It's not necessarily that easy, and you could easily have one of these bright young pitchers, on whether it's on the Phillies or the Braves, come in and uh, just do really well against you one day, and, and you lose a game or two. So the Mets have to avoid losing uh, some of those series that you know that hang in the balance whether it's in Philadelphia or at Atlanta or certainly at home at City Field when they're playing those. And just go ahead and win far more often than not. If you look down and you do that and you go 500 against the better teams in the league, you're going to be in pretty good shape.
0: And then the third key to success for the 2016 New York Mets is Yoenis Cespedes. He needs to be, I mean, he doesn't need to be what he was for the final two months last year, I don't think, but he needs to be a force in the middle of that lineup.
1: Yeah, and you know, you already saw some Mets fans jumping on Cephas opening night for the for the ball that he dropped in left field. Uh, I do think it's a concern because defensively he's shown some issues uh, since he's joined the Mets. Certainly in the playoffs, he showed some issues, um, and I think that sort of speaks to a bigger issue on this Mets team, probably the biggest weakness of this Mets team, which is team defense across the board. Now, the Mets can make up for it because they have a great starting pitching staff, a strikeout staff that's not going to let the ball be put in play all that often. Um, and certainly they have a much improved lineup from where they are a year ago. But uh, Ioannis Cespedes is a big key to that as well. Uh, so he needs to hit. He needs to be that rock in the middle of the lineup to take some pressure off. David Wright, whose health is a question? Travis Darnot, whose health is a question? Uh, Neil Walker, Lucas Dude, all these other guys. If he's hitting, he makes it so much easier for everyone else. And then defensively, he just has to prove that he is solid out there in center field, left field. He doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to be Mike Trout jumping over the wall and robbing home runs. Uh, But he has to be good enough that you feel confident putting him out there on a daily basis. Um, And if he's performing at an all-star caliber level, which is certainly well within the range of what he could potentially do, uh, the Mets are going to be just fine, I think, um, in terms of their starting
0: lineup. There's your key to success for the Mets in 2016. This has been MLB.com Extras, New York Mets edition. Anthony DeComo, thanks a lot.